Welcome to Talking Giants, May 31st, 2019. I'm your host, Bobby. Bobby Skinner coming to you from Florida with Danny Danny King coming to you from New York. You can tell by his accent. I say that every time, even <laughs> though Danny does not have an accent. And OTAs, we got two of them down. Today we have Friday OTAs. A lot going on in Giants world, but not really. But we'll just say that there's a lot going on. So you'll feel like, oh, I need to get informed. I need to listen to Talking Giants and get informed. So let's just let's jump right into it, Danny. OTAs. Uh, I guess we'll kind of go down the list of things that we uh, took away. I'll start with first because, like, the first thing I was watching out for was Corey Ballantyne. Corey Ballantyne did practice. He practiced with the third team. I want to see him get reps at safety. He only got reps at corner. Um, I'm not like mad about that, but I just I want to see what he can do at safety because corner is so crowded. But it's good to see him out there, regardless. Uh, after being shot a month ago. No, oh, yeah, it's great to see him out there, and we both agree we view him as a. Or we want him to at least try and get free safety because the corner position we don't see where he can fit in with the likes of Julian Love, DeAndre Baker, Sam Beal, Grant Haley. So we want him to at least try free safety, and there's a good teacher in Antoine Buffet there, and there's a quality guy in Jabril Peppers back there that can just give him a few pointers. Obviously, strong safety. That's what Jabril Peppers, we believe, will be playing at least. Do you think Jabril Peppers will be playing strong safety? Yeah, it was a question, but it, it looks like Jabril is definitely the strong safety, and Buffet will be playing free. All right, so, yeah, so you got a good leader, Antoine Buffet, and still, Jabril Peppers is a guy you can pick some knowledge from because I believe he's a very quality, strong safety so yes we believe Corey. at least it's just great to see him out there practicing that's all it is yeah definitely um there really wasn't much that came out of it, i'll be honest um mailbag is going to be the best part of the show and we know that because we already recorded it um janoris jenkins didn't show up but that was because he had family issues so that's a no big deal um besides that i don't i didn't hear of any other no shows uh oh spencer bully was with the ones over john halapio which I think a lot of us just assume Jalapio would be the one, but it looks like it's going to be a battle going to camp, and it'll be it'll it's it'll truly be open because none of these guys really have seniority or like anything over the guy. So whoever starts at center week one, barring injury, will be the better player. Uh, I'll get into the poll in a second, but was it a family issue for Jacobs or was it a fa- graduation? I'm trying to. I feel like I heard graduation. Or was it? A yeah, it was issue? a graduation. I don't All know right. why I said that was an issue. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm an idiot. I'm, I was like, wait a second, is something happened to North Star, but that's good to know. But um, I'm going to be honest, I'm more of a fan of Spencer Pulley than I am of John Jalapio. Obviously, Jalapio only had two games, so I can't be too cruel to Jalapio, but I'm a real fan of Spencer Pulley, especially what I saw from him once he got comfortable into the offense and we got going. Because if I'm correct, at first it was John Greco that took over for Jalapio, 
and then they gave it to Spencer Pulley, and I was a big fan of that move. So, obviously, that's going to be a fun, also another fun battle to watch at camp. There's going to be some good battles in minicamp and training camp this year, so I'm looking forward to that. So, I'm a bigger fan of Spencer Pulley right now. Obviously, Jalapio can win me over just by being a good blocker, but right now I'm a bigger fan of Spencer Pulley than John Jalapio. Yeah, I need to spend some time looking at Pulley, but I will say, regardless, our center will be in good hands because they're going to be surrounded by Kevin Zeitler and Will Hernandez, who Zeitler's already one of the best guards in the game, and Hernandez, we both believe, uh, should be one of the best guards in the game. No, yeah, 100%. Uh, the Giants' offensive line should be impressive, and as you said, two quality guards surrounded in the center. It's going to be fun to watch the Giants' offensive line. Who would have thought that actually be a sentence we can say nowadays? Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, and then uh, what's the guy that they have starting left act who's like Mahanu or something? He's not, I, he's not even going to make the team. Is it Brian Mahalik? Brian Mahalik. I, I was off. But I had the Mahal part anyways. Yeah. Uh, Mahal. Yeehaw, <laughs> Mahal. Uh, yeah, like he's obviously not going to play. Uh, Big George. Uh, he's getting uh, numbered uh, the the second team reps. Paul Adams isn't even getting second team reps. They have somebody ahead of him. I I can't remember who it is. Is it Chad? Um, is it Chad? Well, yeah, Ch- Chad Chad's getting first team reps. Oh, I forgot. Tackle. Mike Remmers is injured. Never mind. Yeah, I forgot. Um, so yeah, I I I mean, offensive line. There's really nothing you can garner out of OTAs. Same with the defensive line, unless they're going in the pass coverage. Um, other little notes: Eric Dungey is full time working with the tight ends. Uh, so we're not going to know what how they're going to use Eric Dungy until we see real games. That's just the way it is. And the way they're practicing now that they're not going to let him play quarterback in the preseason, which if you don't plan on him playing like full-time QB, there's no point of giving him those reps anyways, unless you're in the Hall of Fame game. Yeah. So Eric Dungy is getting full-time reps with the tight ends. I don't, I don't think he's getting reps in like 11-on-11, but he is working with the tight ends on a full-time basis now. No, yeah, because obviously, as you said, we, Eric Dungy does not have a – uh, future on this team as a quarterback we can only really see him being that Taysom Hill type role so at least he's I guess working something uh, I'm not sure how he'll be as a tight end if that's even how they use him obviously they're not going to use him 11 on 11s but it's funny to think of Eric Dungy playing tight end in the middle of a game but yeah at least he's got something because I know you're a big fan of Eric Dungy after I mentioned him to you yeah if, he, if he's on the roster he is 100% in the Taysom Hill role but the, it's just the fact that there are giving him like reps at tight end instead of like pretending like, no man, you got a chance at quarterback in this league. They're like, no, you are going to be a Taysom Hill type. And that's, that's what you're I mean, maybe he could end up turning into a decent tight end. I don't know. Like I'm, I'm not going to say one way or the other. I actually, I will say probably not, but his, his role will be a Taysom Hill role, but we won't see that until the regular season starts and, or, and, or if he makes the 53 man roster, obviously. No, yeah, 100%. His, his fate is not at quarterback. It's either a tight end or the Taysom Hill role. Yeah. Um, other house cleaning. Cody Latimer left to go take care of uh, some stuff with family because – or actually just people because of all those tornadoes and crap. Um, so he had to go do that, which obviously, like, Cody Latimer is a really good dude. Like, I interviewed him on Soul Man Radio last year. Like, really good guy. Like, he's nice, personable. I mean, I, listen, I don't, I don't spend time with him. Or really personally know him, but like he seems like a guy that everybody likes, nobody has a problem with, and I think he does deserve some shine for going and doing that. No, I, I have not heard one bad thing about Cody Latimer, and uh, obviously uh, I did a breakdown on him, and I was and as I was doing, it, I'm like, man, people are gonna think like I'm such like such a bad person for uh, 
critiquing his football skills while he's going to be a good person in Dayton, Ohio. But still, uh, Cody Latimer, he's he's a great, seems like a great guy. As I said, we don't know him personally, but uh, he's going back to his hometown, taking time from his own life to go help people that, that have been hurt through tornado damage. So good on Cody Latimer for doing that. Not many players would do that. All right. All right. So any other house cleaning stuff? Uh, I, I guess we'll talk a little bit about the pressers. Really nothing came out of Pat Shermer's besides that Eli Manning and Daniel Jones are fiery under the sheets. Ow! <laughs> oh, boy. The phrasing is something that we need to teach Pat Shermer maybe once in a while. He must have known as soon as he said that, like, dang it. Like, did I just really say these guys are fiery under the covers? <laughs> like, every everybody's going to run with that. The whole national media is going to run with that and make their jokes. Everyone's going to make their, oh, they're fiery under the covers, which I bet they are. I bet they're really good. No, I'm just kidding. I, I actually, I bet you they're both horrible. They're probably the most. I, I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> Anyways, this conversation. I know. I was just about to say that Jones and Eli were boring lays. Anyways, uh, um, I'm I'm probably a boring one too. Anyways, all right, what are we doing? This is not the kind of show that this is. Um, where was I? Oh, uh, all right. The Antoine Bethea press conference cracked me up. I don't know who asked it. Uh, and they're like, he's like mid like press conference, like five minutes in. And this guy like, hey, Antoine, do you think you're like able to play at a high level still? And, like as he's asking his question, like Antoine Bethea gave him the funniest look. He's like, wait, wait, who can who play at a, at a high level? He's like, well, you he's like, come on, man. Like, you, I ain't even going to talk about that. What do you mean? Like, you think what do you think? I came out here to not play at a high level. Uh, <laughs> I just thought that was hilarious. And I clipped that. And Antoine Bethea, I, I told Antoine Bethea. That I'll be his ang- anger translator, and he quote tweeted it and did the crying emoji. So me and Antoine Bethea are pretty much best friends now. Yeah, you're best friends with Antoine Bethea, and I'm best friends with uh, Snack. So everything turns out all right. But yeah, yeah I'm pretty- I'm I'm best friends with New York Giants. You're best friends with Detroit Lions. Yeah, I'm best friends with the uh, Detroit Lions. And I mean, hey, I kind of had a conversation with Kurt- Curtis Riley. So me and him are buds. He just doesn't know it yet. I mean, it's not like was it a nice conversation? Because he usually fires off at people, and I kind of like it. Like I've seen it, him it, do it like like ten times. I mean, he responded to my tweet, and he was like, boy, if you like snacks, if you fell. And I was like, ha-ha, that would have been funny, Curtis. And he's like, yeah. I mean, at least he didn't call me fat boy, because uh, Justin, he said uh, Curtis Riley makes a, <laughs> makes a, a roster. Uh, he'll drink uh, a gallon of milk, and then Curtis Riley's like, get the milk ready, fat boy. And then that, oh, I, my gosh. I was, I was actually crying. I found that hilarious. But to the Antoine Buffet thing, uh, yeah, uh, he enjoyed the uh, you asking to be his angry translator. <laughs> what a dumb question! Yeah. Why would you like? Hey, man, do you think you're good? Like, what? <laughs> like, what a dumb. Sometimes, like you know, like people are like, oh, the yeah. New York media—they're so tough. I think sometimes, like that might have been the case in like the ninety, like the nineties and whatnot, when media was a little more like those press conferences were more important than they are now. And now I think people are just like, I'm the New York media. I'm going to be mean and ask mean questions. And it's like, what are you doing, man? Like, that's like, they know that everyone sees this now. Like, I don't, I don't know. I just, <laughs> it'd be one thing to like, like being tough on the media is being like, Hey man, like you had a really bad season last season. Like, like, like how, why should we expect that you're going to improve? Not being like, Hey man, do you think you're still good? Like, well, that's just, be, that's just a dumb question. I don't, I don't know who asked that. No, yeah. Hopefully they don't listen. No, <laughs> no, but I, I went through some of his uh, comments, a uh, name that, 
some Giants fans will probably remember Will Blackman. He was on the Super Bowl winning team. He said, bruh, LMAO, what in the world? And then um, he said, Antoine responded, he asked on a good day. And um, and Eric Weddle responded, uh, let him know, big bro. And he said, the only way you got to do it. Eric Weddle did? Yeah, Eric Weddle. Oh, I love Eric Weddle. He's a Gruden grinder. Um, let's, oh, and then the Daniel Jones press conference. The first three questions were like, hey, what's up with you and Eli? Like, and like they were all like, ex- ex- like essentially the same question worded differently. But the second and third time were literally like, hey, what's your relationship with Eli? Like the exact same thing. It was like they just were not. It's just the proof of like people that like they're not listening to you. They're just waiting to talk. That's what that was with Daniel Jones. Like they all had like their, hey, what's your relationship with Eli Manning? Question in their head. And they just were not listening to anything he was saying. They're just waiting for him to stop talking. So they could fire their question in. No, yeah, hundred percent. That's all they wanted to do. It's just I don't know. It's like, I mean, I I don't want to critique and be like I could do that better, but I feel like like somebody asked Daniel Jones about those floated passes you have Clemson. It's in my brain. Like that's all I could think about. I was like, oh, what happened with those floated passes? Was that game plan? I noticed the corners didn't look back. Uh, it was all in man coverage against blitzes. Like, what what was the deal with that? Like. One day I'm going to get to interview Daniel Jones. One day, like, once we get big, I will interview Daniel Jones. And the first question will be like, hey, man, I'm a nerd. I don't care if it's, like, year 11 coming off of three Super Bowls. <laughs> like, against Clemson, your junior year. Explain. I, I, I it's always going to bother me until I can finally get the answer. I have a picture with David Cutcliffe that I asked my mom to find, and she can't find it. Um, because I actually was being recruited by Duke. No big deal. So me and Coach Cutcliffe were pretty good friends. When it wasn't just a quick picture we took at one of the recruiting camps. Anyways, um, yeah, do we have anything else? Let's see. My let, let me go through my notes. We got Corey Ballantyne's Jenkins no show. Latimer left. Uh, Pulley Halapio. Oh, by the way, another little housekeeping thing. We need y'all to tweet at Kevin Zeitler and James O'Hagan to come on Talking Giants and do a beer chug of a sixteen ounce Bush because. One well for one, James O'Hagan follows us. James O'Hagan's dad follows us, and Kevin Zeitler's wife follows us. And she even said, like Kevin Zeitler, hands down, because of the question we asked after the whole Packers, uh, like offensive lineman at the Milwaukee Bucks game thing, and we both gave our takes. I said James O'Hagan, Danny said Kevin Zeitler, and Kevin Zeitler's wife chimed in and said Kevin Zeitler, hands down. Let's get it happening in July when nothing's going on. Maybe for our special July 4th show, we'll do that. Let's get it done. Tweet at James O'Hagan and Kevin Zeitler to go on Talking Giants and do a beer chug off. In fact, I'll even do one with them too. Because I bet, I bet you I could beat them. I don't do that anymore, but in my heyday, I could. Uh, I'll watch on the side because I am not legally allowed to do it. I'll be a judge in this competition. But yes, that'll be a f- great July 4th episode if we can get Kevin Zeitler and James O'Hagan to do it. But you have hey, to get the old school coaching clock. Like the one that you hold in your hand and you have yeah, like a necklace. Yeah. A necklace, you got you got to use that. No, yeah, one hundred percent. No, no iPhone timer. This is real <laughs> gritty football. We don't do iPhone timers. We do we do hand stopwatches that hang around your neck. Yeah, but hey, uh, I got Kevin Zeidler's wife to respond, and she she's as you said, she's confident in her husband. So we need to kind of put this to the test. Yeah, definitely. I. Listen, I'm a believer in James O'Hagan. He's the underdog. I don't care what Kevin Zeitler's wife follows us. Shout out Kevin Zeitler's wife. For, and that that was a great video that came out after Memorial Day. Uh, 
where like she's feeding the baby in the kitchen and Kevin Zeitler's doing pass sets. Like that was just that was an amazing video. Like, like what is what are you doing, Kevin Zeitler? Yeah. Take you some take some time off. Stop doing pass sets while your wife is feeding your baby in the kitchen. Come on, man. Just chill out. His kid was looking at him like, "Yo, you you good, Dad?" Like, it was it was just Kevin Zeitler is a psycho, and I love it. Yeah, he, it was just a funny video to watch, and yeah, I it was just fun to see how one James O'Hagan followed us, so he won agreed with you. He's like, "I'm Irish, I should be able to chug a beer faster than Kevin Zeitler." Like, Kevin I don't even Zeidler. know if O'Hagan's Irish. I'm just guessing because I mean, the, 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 and the, he's got red, he's got a red beard. I mean, the name O'Hagan, I mean, if he's not Irish, then I feel like we've been let down as a people here on Talking Giants. Yeah. So let's make it happen. Like, that's how – tweet at them. I'm serious, people. Tweet at them. Uh, I know nothing's been going on, so let's make stuff up. That's how you do it. A little tip for anybody out there. When nothing's going on, just 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 start something. Nothing's going to be happening in June and July, so we got to get it. All right. I guess that's it. Uh, let's move on to the mailbag questions. But before that, a quick advertisement. All right, so a lot of people are starting podcasts today. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. Their creation tools allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will, di- will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one play. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. You'll be glad you did. Mail time. Mail time. The mail's here. Come on. Here's the mail. It never fails. It makes me want to wag my tail. When it comes, I want to wail. All right. Thanks, Steve from Blues Clues. Danny, let's get into the mail. All right, the first question comes from Jake Roberts, triple two. He asked, do we have to call Bobby Reddit user from now on? Ooh, I like that we're going with that one first. Um, any co- for, I guess I'll give some context for some people that aren't plugged in. So I've been doing the Daniel Jones third down breakdowns, and I clipped. Each, I made an individual post for each one with the stats. And, you know, like uh, how, if he took a sack, if, he, if there was drops. And then a video of each one from each game, and then I put it all together and made a blog out of it and did the total stats and, you know, what the completion percentage would have been without the drops. And we talked about that on on, on, on Tuesday's show. And so I put it on Reddit, and I really don't use Reddit a lot. In fact, I know you're not supposed to, but I kind of mostly look at, use it for promotion. I did it for Soul Man Radio, putting like, 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 hey, we had a Brandon Jacobs interview, or hey, like, you know, we interviewed some of the Colts guys. Um, but I will use it occasionally just because i know they'll get mad if they look at your page and like all his promotion so i'll like i'll comment on something here or there or like post a video for the nets and so bleacher report got a hold like it, it, it like it was you know like probably the most talked about thing on Red, giants reddit in you know, like a week or so or maybe not because i don't go on reddit that much and so bleacher report takes it and puts on the new york giants bleacher report and credits credits it to reddit user like i like I'm just some like like bo- like guy that's just bored at home breaking down all the third downs for the hell of it. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I, listen, I do this because I enjoy it. I do, but I promise you, I want to do that just for the sake of it. In fact, I did it to prove a point because someone said he sucked on third down. And so Bleacher reports uh, credit Reddit user 
clips out every single Daniel Jones throw and does his stats, which ticked me off. And I get, and at parts like, oh, should I just do like the too cool for school? Like, oh, it's not a big deal. But you know what? At the end of the day, as much as people act like that, they it bothers them if something happens like that. And like we're still very small time, and every every little mention means a little bit. Like when people mention us in those like who are the best falls, like we gain followers from that every single time. And so that that bothered me. It's like man, like and they credit everybody. It's not like they don't credit on there. Like they're like via Pro Football Talk, blah blah, and they just via Reddit user. And I get that people can click on and see who did it, but who are you more likely to follow? At Bobby Skinner NFL shares uh, clips out every uh, throw or Reddit user. Like it just it just says Reddit user. It's like some just sloppy dude at home who like just did it for the sake of it and doesn't want any credit. And you know what? I do want credit. And I don't know. It just bothered me. Especially Danny, you know me. I'm like super competitive, yeah. and I'm fiery, and like maybe it wouldn't have bothered some people, but it bothered me. And I was like, okay, I wanted to do like to play too cool for school. But I was like, you know what? Screw that. It bothers me. I'm gonna let people know that it bothers me that they did that. So screw you, Bleacher Report. No, it was funny because when I was scrolling through it before, I knew that that was you. I I saw Reddit user breaks down Daniel Jones stats. I'm like, ah, I don't care. It's a Reddit user. He probably doesn't know what he's talking about. And that you sent me the photo that this is me, and I'm like, oh wait a second, that that's Bobby. <laughs> exactly. So like, even you who knew I did that blog, like, like just like, oh Reddit user, like no big deal. And they <laughs> yeah. put the stats on the feed, so you didn't even have to click on like. Like, most people probably even click on, like, oh, there's the stats. No, yeah, so I obviously did pay attention. And, yeah, obviously, it's something like that's going to bother you because you, you did all that work just to be c- c- called a Reddit user. So I, I, it was, I was like, man, they really did you dirty like that. Next next time I post something on Reddit, I'm going to be like, hey, I know you got Bleach Report. You like to scrounge this, this feed for, for stuff for your website. Next time, give me a little bit of credit and don't call me a Reddit user. In fact... Yeah. And I, 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 I never like really looked at Bleacher Report. I just don't. It's not. I'm not even like not even a slight. I just don't look at Bleacher Report, and that's just like put right on front of my face. And they share like stuff from other New York Giants sites. I make it right. Bleacher Report share some of our stuff. Share some of our stats. Anyways, I'm not mad about it. I'm just mad about it. <laughs> uh, the next question comes from at Coach T O B C N Y C. I learned that the B C stands for Barcelona because Barcelona. So there's that. Uh, his question is, what happened to Avery Moss and the Giants' defensive plans? How come n- not much is set or expected of a player who we drafted as a pass rusher? So I'll take this. Avery Moss uh, drafted in the fifth round in 2017. Uh, he, he played in the 2017 season, not all of it. He played in a total of 11 games. He got 11 solo tackles, four assist tackles, which if you add, makes 15 tackles. He had no tackles, lost five quits, and two passes defended or deflected. So, and then basically after that, uh, he got waived last September 1st. He got waived off the roster, and then he basically did nothing for that whole time. And then after last season, the Giants signed him to a future-slash-reserve contract. So, I mean, Avery Moss, he's still around, but the moment the Giants don't have any plans for him, and they probably, they're going to want to groom him to make him hopefully something, so that's why they signed him to that future-slash-reserve contract. But Avery Moss, I mean, yeah, he, he just basically, the Giants drafted him, and then they were like, wait, we actually don't have a plan for this guy right now. And so he got waived, 
And now here we are today. He's at the future slash reserve contract. Uh, hopefully he can make some noise during OTAs. Uh, I mean, uh, mini camp and training camp. But at the moment, the Giants really don't have a plan for Avery Moss. Yeah, I agree 100%. For, first of all, he's a Jerry Reese fifth-round pick, which means yeah. Dave Gettleman couldn't move on from him quicker. Yeah, And obviously we saw that last year with him getting cut. Yeah, like you said, I just don't think he really fits in with this team. Um, he's not really like a stand-up rusher. He, and we don't have, you can't really put him at the five technique and a three, four. And I just don't think he's that good. He hadn't put a lot of production together. He did, like you said, he got a little bit of playing time in 2017 when uh, JPP went down. Um, him and Romeo uh, Aquora, they kind of like split that, didn't split it, but he got some time because of that. So, yeah, I just don't think he's that good when it comes down to, it. I mean, you read off his stats, they don't jump off. There's, I, if, at least for me, I've never seen like a report like, man, every Moss is really showing out today. And we have Lorenzo Carter on the edge, Marcus Golden on the edge. We just drafted Oshan Eximenez. Uh, we still have Kareem Martin, whether you like him or not. I, I, I just don't see their, I don't see him making the 53-man roster. I, 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 he'll probably be a, a, a cut come after training camp. Also, uh, I said uh, he did nothing the 2018 season. He was well. He basically did nothing, but he was on the practice squad. He wasn't sitting at home, so obviously you got to be on the practice squad to earn a future slash reserve contract. But yeah, I don't see anything involving Avery Moss by the time the season starts, unless injury happens. Then maybe they can go to him to fill that role. Yeah, uh, definitely injury. Probably injury. Injury is his only path uh, to the Giants' 53-man roster. Yeah. Uh, the next question comes from Scucci. He asked, player to keep our eyes on who can make waves similar to what Grant Haley accomplished last season. So th- this question is more like we're shooting fish in a barrel. We got like we got a few options to choose from. Not many uh, stand out at you. So I'm going to say Reggie White out of Monmouth University. I like what I saw from him on tape. Once again, he did not play impressive competition. His team was not good. But he was a bright spot for Monmouth. He made some impressive catches. Uh, and the wide receiver position, I mean, it's still an interesting position right now because who's going to be the third wide receiver? Obviously, it's most likely either going to be, uh, what's his name, Cody Latimer or uh, Corey Coleman. So, obviously, it's one of those two. But still, he can maybe make waves as a return guy or something along those lines. But Reggie White Jr. is my guy to keep your eye on through training camp and mini camp. Yeah, and... Disclaimer, we'll only do undrafted free agents um, because that's what Grant Haley was. And I feel like Grant Haley was like the like all in, like this guy undrafted free agent is going to make an impact. One, because we are so, so thin at corner. And, I mean, we have a lot of Penn State fans in the fan base. And I, I just think I thought he was good. And, you know, he proved that last year that he was at least capable. I mean, coming, you know, off a, as a rookie and as an undrafted free agent. Mine's going to be C.J. Conrad, the tight end of Kentucky. One, supposedly, uh, him and Daniel Jones kind of had a connection uh, through rookie camp. And I, I was reading that he had this kind of like heart condition, almost like the same thing like his Montez Sweat, which made people af- afraid to get him. And that's why he like was undrafted. Because like, at Kentucky, he made some plays. Um, like I said, he needs to get better. He needs to be more physical and blocking because a lot of times he gets just thrown off. But I'm also on the, like, let's move Red Ellison's contract train. One, because I think Scott Simonson is capable to do uh, Red Ellison's job as good, if not better, than him. And I like I like the C.J. Conrad kid. I could see him becoming the third tight end. And and any team, the third tight end does get reps at times. 
No, yeah, hundred percent. I I've said before that I believe uh, we should uh, get rid of Red Ellis's contract or at least move because uh, I, as you said, Scott Simonson, he has all the potential in the world. So I like the CJ Conrad choice. But the, quickly interrupt that you said Montez Sweat, and I just found this funny as I read it. Uh, apparently, he's been going up against Eric Flowers in Redskins camp, and apparently, he's been just been dominating Eric Flowers left and right. So I got a good chuckle out of that. Uh. You think? By the way, I almost reshared it, but I was like, you know what? I don't want to get into like, oh, we don't worry. Like, why don't we worry about our own guys? But I was going to reshare that video I clipped of Big George uh, just like folding Montez Sweat a couple of times. But then I didn't feel like people were going like, well, Montez Sweat got two sacks in that game and then have to reshare the clip of those sacks when the quarterback <laughs> was holding on to the ball for five seconds. I was like, you know what? It's just not worth it. So, I'm, you know, Eric Flowers is bad. So we yeah. all know that. And I just, I don't know. I, didn't, I just didn't feel like doing that on, on a Tuesday. <laughs> or Wednesday, whatever day it was. Uh, the next question comes from at me, Miss Michael. Uh, he asks, "How would you grade the Giants off season?" Uh, before I give my grade, I just want to say a funny story. So I'm subscribed to ESPN Plus, which you would expect to be a very quality service. So uh, I they released an article talking about all the 32 grades for the off season, and I was reading. They gave the Giants a D. So I was like, all right, fine, whatever, I'll read it. So as I'm reading it, this guy, he's listening off his what he thinks is smart, and then he says they replaced, they brought in Jabril Peppers to replace a first-round draft pick in Landon Collins. And, I, and I'm reading that for a second. I read it back multiple times, and I'm like, wait, Landon Collins wasn't drafted in the first round. So I'm like, they, this guy, a service I'm paying for, doesn't even realize what round Landon Collins was drafted in. So, side rant, I don't like ESPN Plus for that reason alone right there. They can't even and, get my team information right. And I think you have it for the uh, the UFC. I know you're a big UFC guy. Yes, I'm also a UFC guy. That's why I have Because that's all I can watch by UFC now because they make it – got to pay for everything nowadays. Yeah. Uh, and the funny thing about that is is like he tried to like make like a slight – like they traded a first-rounder in Landon Collins for Jabril Peppers. Hey, buddy, do you know what Land- Jabril Peppers is? A first round pick that was picked higher than Landon Collins, and yeah. it's like, so it's like <laughs> they trade they let go of a first round pick for a first round pick. <laughs> he worded it so stupid. I was like, he's gonna pay to do this. So, uh, what would I grade the Giants offseason? One, I would have given it a D. Uh, obviously, I would have given it an A. Uh, maybe I'll, I'll say a B minus just for this reason alone. They were able to patch up the offensive line with Kevin Zeidler and Mike Grammer, so I like that pick. Uh, the draft choices, well, not like mind blowing. They've got good corners for the future. They got the future franchise quarterback, and they got a quality pass rusher in O'Shane Eximenez. And I just like, I feel like they built this team up well enough, not to like new heights, like Kansas City level, but they built it up well enough that I feel like there's a chance we could be compete a little bit. Not like miraculously, but we could still compete. Yeah, I don't really have a grade in my head, so I'm going to like lay out the moves and say what I like about them, and then I'll come to my grade then. So first of all, the Odell Beckham Jr. trade, or actually, let's just go in chronological order. We let Landon Collins go. Completely happy with that. Six years, I was it, 84, 94 million dollars. We were never going to pay that. Just never going to pay it. And like we were not offered more than a third round pick at the trade deadline for Landon Collins. You cannot convince me that a banged up Landon Collins was getting like second round, first round offers uh, at the trade deadline. It just doesn't make any sense. Like he's good, but he's not amazing or great. Um, 
So letting Landon Collins walk, that's the right decision, even though it sucks to see a guy go. The next move uh, would be Antoine Bethea was signed. I really like Antoine Bethea, and we here's just a little behind the scenes. We're doing cute, we're doing mailbag first today because we want to see how long it goes because we don't want to drag out the OTA stuff if there's not much to talk about. So Antoine Bethea, I really like him. He's a good player. He's a good bet. Two-year deal. Good deal. Marcus Golden, not not huge on that, but, you know, he's a piece and it's at no risk. And then the Odell Beckham Jr. trade. So I want to lay out what that trade was. Oh, before that, the Kevin Zeitler for uh, Olivier Vernon trade. Absolutely love that. Like, we were going to cut Olivier Vernon. There was no way Olivier Vernon was playing for this team. We would have traded him for a seventh-round pick, and yet we got him for the, one of the best guards in the game in Kevin Zeitler. So the, the Odell Beckham Jr. trade is for Jabril Peppers, who has been probably, like, the most talked-about guy coming out of camp. He's having an amazing camp, and I cannot wait to see him play. I think he's going to be a fan favorite. Um, and then De- the 17 overall pick, which turned into Dexter Lawrence, which I really – that's probably, like, the – the one pick I was like, eh, like, what are we doing? But at the end of the day, he is a really good player. Whether, you know, you agree with picking him there or not, he is he should be a really good player. O'Shane Eximenez, uh, he's a talent me and you both like. You know, like, there, there's a lot of stuff we like about him. We'd like him to learn some more moves. But I think he's a really good player, and he will be starting for this team by the end of the season. And we also moved up 20 picks because we re-swapped the picks that uh, happened and the Odell, uh, or sorry, and the Vernon Zeitler trade. So those were swapped back. And I understand that that was all one deal, but it really wasn't. And we got an extra $10 million in cap space. Not all that money tied to a wide receiver. As much as, you know, Odell is a really great player, you don't really see the highest paid wide receivers like winning. Like it's, it's, it's a position that you re- ideally wouldn't want to have as your highest paid besides quarterback. And we don't get Golden Tate if Odell doesn't leave. So on paper, and I like, and I'll talk about Golden Tate for a minute here after this. So it's Odell Beckham Jr. for Jabril Peppers, Dexter Lawrence, O'Shea, and Eximenez, uh, move up 20, uh, 20 picks, $10 million, and Golden Tate. I, I take that every, like, I think that's an amazing move. Like, you just, that's like essentially seven pieces. And I, I guess I'll talk about, I guess that's a good segue into Golden Tate. I really like the Golden Tate signing the more and more I've dived into it. And so I split up his stats between the, the seven games in Detroit and the eight games in Philadelphia. And he was on pace. If he, like, his time in Detroit, like, it's hard to move from one team to another as a wide receiver halfway through the season, especially the way Nick or, or Carson Wentz, like, only looked at, at uh, Zach Ertz. So with Detroit, uh, he had seven games, 44 catches, 517 yards, three touchdowns, which came out to 6.3. Catches per game, 74 yards per game, a target rate of 27%. Uh, catches per target, 67%. He was on pace for 101 yards and 1182, or 101 catches and 1,182 yards and seven touchdowns. That's a really good season. Like, if, if that's like, if we sign a guy with those numbers, we are extremely excited, but his numbers drop severely in Philadelphia, where in eight games he had 30 catches, 275 yards, and a touchdown which, you know, was 34, uh, 34.7 yards per game. His target went from 27% to 15%. Um, ended up the season with 74 catches for 800 yards and four touchdowns, which is still a pretty good season. I believe in Golden Tate. I really do. I know he's 30 years old, but, like, the guy still has a motor. He can still pray, play really well. And, like, I don't look at the stats last year as an 
indicator of him like declining. In fact, you know, when I look at the Detroit stats, I think I look at it as him like he's just playing as good as he ever has. Uh, I think he's going to be Eli's favorite target. I really do. So I really like the Golden Tate move. Um, so back to the question, that move, and then the draft, Daniel Jones. Listen, I'm I'm like a number one supporter of Daniel Jones. At the same time, it is a question like we these quarterbacks are so hard to judge. We don't know. Um, so I'll, I'll go, I'll play it safe and I'll say a B plus, but if Daniel Jones is the franchise quarterback, which I believe, then it's gotta be an A plus. I mean, unless all these other draft picks fizzle out and golden Tate sucks and pepper sucks. Like I, I, I love it. I, I really, I don't even want to put like a letter grade on it. I just want to say that I really like this off season. Yeah. This off season, it also really hinges on, as you said, Daniel Jones success. If he comes in and falls flat on his face and this off season, going to go down as probably one of the worst because we traded away Odell Beckham Jr. Uh, we let Landon Collins walk. Now, obviously, Jabril Peppers, he could probably be the best safety in the league, but his name is Landon Collins, so people are going to get offended by that. But I agree with you. Golden Tate, as you said, it's a, a wide receiver is so hard to go from learn one playbook all offseason to try and go learn a new playbook in, like, what, a week, two weeks' time he had to learn it. And as you said, Carson Wentz, he's in a, he loves Zach Ertz. Like, Zach Ertz is his lover at this point. He, like, mainly throws to Zach Ertz. And then his starting quarterback got injured in uh, Carson Wentz. Then he had to go learn with Nick Foles and had to get that chemistry down. So it was just a rough time all around for Golden Tate to try and adjust to Philadelphia. And now he's coming to New York with a full offseason of preparation. Eli should be a starting quarterback, and they'll have the chemistry down. And as you said, uh, Golden Tate could e- easily be Eli's favorite target just because of that better presence. And Golden Tate is a quality wide receiver. So, so I agree with your B-plus grade, as I, as I said. I'll give it a B-minus just because uh, that's what I felt like a good grade was for this offseason. And one, uh, one more thing on Golden Tate. I got into a civil discussion um, and it really was. I'm not. I'm not even joking. It was like a, it was a it was a good discussion, because I uh, I broke down the stats between uh, you know Golden Tate's first seven games of Detroit and Odell's first seven games of the season, where you know they were both on the team that they're playing, and Golden Tate had one more touchdown, um, and he was averaging like one less. Uh, maybe I, th- I think one. Yeah, one, like one a little like one point two catches more. Odell was averaging. And twenty and nineteen more yards per game, and I get that is different circumstances, but they're not that different. In fact, the Giants for the first nineteen or seven games averaged nineteen and a half points per game, and uh, the Lions averaged twenty-one. So it's pretty similar. In fact, Eli had more yards per game than Matt Stafford had, and after Golden Tate left Detroit, they went from twenty-one points a game to seventeen points a game and had some just real stinkers, like almost every game was between, like, 9 and 17 points. They had a 31-0 shutout against uh, Green Bay to finish the season. So if you move that out, even they even went down to, like, 14.5 points per game. The offense was horrible without Golden Tate. And I'm not saying that's the only reason, like, they stunk. But, like, let's let's not pretend that Detroit had, like, this really good offense because that's what somebody said. Well, they had a good offense and a, and a good QB. Well, ask Detroit fans what they think of Matt Stafford. They can't stand him. They, t- they probably talk about it, more about, about him than Giants fans do about Eli. Oh, yeah. Like, every Matthew Stafford, I have no problem with the guy, but as you said, Detroit fans, I've never heard many Detroit fans talk nicely about him. But as you said, unfortunately for Golden Tate, well, not unfortunately for Golden Tate, he doesn't care. But Detroit still, Lions fans were mad when Matthew Stafford got named for the Pro Bowl. That's how mad they were at him <laughs> last year. 
Yeah, it's yeah. No quarterback can make their team happy unless your name is Patrick Mahomes or Tom Brady at this point. But the Golden Tate, unfortunately, he if the people are gonna be like, oh, look at Odell, he's having the career year. Golden Tate's just here having com- helping the Giants win games. So unfortunately, Golden Tate's success will only be measured by how Odell does. But hey, at least and- our wide. At least Andy. our wide sorry, let me say this first. At least our wide receivers at OTAs, unlike a certain Cleveland Browns wide receiver who only went to one practice and hasn't showed up since, and his head coach isn't that happy with him. Sorry, just had to say that. Go. Oh well, I was gonna say Andy shows up for OTAs, so we're oh. both we're both being a little petty. Great. I like it. Nice. I like it. We're we're on the same that same energy, baby. Let's keep it up. All right, and then final question comes from at Simple Man Radio, who if you want to get some very good NBA Finals coverage, you could tune into their Twitter account, and they'll probably have shows out all throughout the NBA Finals. You could watch the NBA Finals start at 9 p.m. Eastern, and Simple Man Radio will have the coverage for you. Uh, Simple Man Radio asks, who do you have in the NBA Finals? Also, Reddit user is very handsome. That's their question. Uh, it says Bobby, but you get the joke, everyone. Uh <laughs> All right, NBA Finals prediction. Uh, I, I believe it all depends on if KD comes back. I believe KD's already hang, hanging it up. He's looking towards free agency. He doesn't want to risk getting injured even more. So if KD returns, Warriors, I believe I said in five. Uh, K, I don't think KD's returning, so I got Raptors in seven games. We're on the same page, Danny. I got Raptors in seven, too. I don't want to go deep into it. This was just a plug for my other show, Simple Man Radio. We're doing a lot of NBA stuff. In fact, we're doing almost daily episodes. We kind of changed the format. Um, I don't really talk about it much on this show. But Superman Radio is something that I'm doing uh, almost daily. And we'll have a, a recap out of the NBA Finals today. If you haven't listened to it already, we do previews. We're, we're going to have episodes out Monday through Friday, every day of the week. Um, and then once football starts getting a little kicked in, more Dan's going to be involved. So it used to be Monday Monday was like a regular show, like 20 to 30 minutes, me and Zach Holton talking about like whatever sports were going on. Then we do an interview for like 15 to 20 minutes, and then we kind of hit the lighter sides. We since changed that because Talking Giants has become a focus. But this is just a shameless plug plug for Silverman Radio. Go follow at Silverman Radio daily episodes. And not like hour and a half daily episodes, like quick hitters, like 15, like no less than 15 minutes and no more than 30 minutes. And also, if you want good NBA Finals coverage, don't don't follow me. I usually got no idea what I'm talking about. I'm on my couch complaining when I see a player flop. So Simple Man Radio will give you the better NBA coverage than I do. And talking Giants, we're not going to be talking about the NBA because we're a football podcast. Yeah, definitely. All right, so that is a show. Me and Danny are about to record the first half now. So that's going to be kind of weird saying bye, even though we're just getting started. Uh yeah, so appreciate you guys listening, especially especially like the numbers are going up, and there's nothing going on. Like there's no OTAs going on. Once mini camp ends after next week, we'll start doing some interviews. Oh yeah, that's what I wanted to say. Give us some suggestions of people you'd like us to interview. I'm a little burnt out on the player interviews, and there's a, there's a couple of beat reporters that I I'm cool with that we can get on the show pretty much any time. But like there's some like other people who do like New York Giants stuff. Um, who aren't like in the necessarily the mainstream if they're like one of those guys uh let us know in fact we're i talked with one of them today um we're probably gonna do a home and home like i you know we go on their pod they come on our pod uh so yeah definitely do that let us know who you'd like us to come on um i just freaking opened up a can of worms now because now i'm gonna get flooded with people who are like hey i want to <laughs> come on i want to come on um 
So scratch that. I always feel bad telling people no, but like at the end of the day, I, I, I don't know. This I really just screwed myself. I can't believe what I did. I probably have to cut all this out, but I won't because I'm lazy. <laughs> all right, that's the show. We'll see you guys on Tuesday. We got rookie minicamp next week, so we'll be plugged in. We'll be giving you updates on everything. Until then, folks, let's go. Big blue.